You guys, welcome to episode 102 of The Smushroom, the podcast that deep dives into well-known, more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McGeady. And I'm really super excited because I'm doing a really, I'm doing a thing today that I've never done before. Um, first of all, I'm going to introduce my guest who I'm very, very fucking excited about. Rosie, hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. So first of all, you and I, you're like my guinea pig. Oh, I like that. You know, I have a hamster. <laughs> you're my you're my hamster slash guinea pig because this is my first fictional couple episode. Um, I mentioned like last week and a couple weeks ago in the mailbag episode that I was going to start doing these every other week. And um, you're the first person that I'm recording one with. And I really, I'm super excited. I was terrified someone was going to take this from me. I... I honestly, as though like given instructions from God, like ran to your DMs with this one. So scared that somebody had already bagsied it. You know what's so funny? I was so nervous about the doing this, like switching up the concept and like adding these fictional couples. And the minute I posted on Instagram that I wanted to do it, like people were like ready with the couple that they wanted to talk about. Like they had been waiting for it. So like it's it seems like this is like a thing that people like are very open to, and I'm I hope I'm excited about it. Oh, good, good. I'm I'm really excited about it. And you also, so just to give people like a backstory, you're the host of a podcast that I think is like the coolest concept for a podcast that I've ever heard, called okay. Bitch History. Um, do you want to tell people about about what it's about? Huh? Yeah. So it's called It's History, Bitch, like Britney. Yeah. <laughs> and um basically we just tell stories from history that are kind of stuck in our heads, you know, those stories that are like kind of like gossipy but from the Victorian era. Um and we just retell those stories and then we like play a random game at the beginning mm-hmm. and we just kind of, you know, shoot the shit. It's good fun. When I listened to it, it was like to me the concept of your podcast is like if us weekly and like you know all of those magazines existed during that time like this is what it would be that's what we're going for like it's literally a gossip podcast about like the victorian era it's wild that's all i want i just want to gossip about which women are like scarlet ladies and um you know who has syphilis that's all i want to talk about and like that was such a wild west time that things like people it's like it was so crazy and buck and wild everyone was doing people were wild back in the olden days yeah like everyone was starting a cult everyone was coming up with some mad invention people were just people were insane having like secret lives everyone was heisting everything I'm obsessed. Well, I really suggest if you're listening to this podcast that you listen to it because it's really good. It's like it's like this, except like it's like cool Victorian stuff that you would never know. Like the stuff that I talk about is stuff that if you like did a quick Google search, you could probably find that Lindsay Lohan had cocaine in her shoe at a fashion show in 2008 or whatever. <laughs> but like this stuff is stuff that you would you could go through your whole life never knowing. And it's like really just it's awesome. Thanks so much. I mean, I promise you, all I did was a quick Google search, but (laughs) I really appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, so you and I are going to be talking today about a couple that I think is a really good, like, starting off point for this format of whatever we're doing. 
Um, we're talking about Ross and Rachel today. We are. We are talking about. I mean, I get I get chills just even at the mere mention. So, what's your relationship to Friends? So, my relationship to Friends, I was so I'm a, a little bit of a baby. I was born in '93. Okay. So, Friends was already a thing when I was growing up, and I would watch it on VHS. My sister is 15 years older than me. Okay. So, she was like perfect Friends era um, or like age. And so, I would watch it and not really. I remember watching the scene where Monica does the numbers, and you know, she's like basically like acts out an orgasm. But yeah. me thinking it was so funny because Monica was doing funny voices. yeah I just had no like concept so many so much of it just went right over my head but I just loved it and I me and my friends would watch it and I must have been like seven and I then watched it religiously as a teenager on Comedy Central out of order yeah um and then that was like something that I just kind of it became this really comforting thing like friends to me is is comfort yeah when i want to laugh and feel homely yeah Um, it's very like the beats are you recognize the beats and like the joke it just feels safe i get it yeah it feels really like i did 10 weeks actually living in america and working in america and even though friends is american to feel at home i watched friends yeah yeah. because it just like reminded me of home i guess somehow yeah i get that I completely understand that. I'm always really fascinated by people's relationship to this show um, that are like a little bit younger just because it really details like the power of um, not even really so much streaming, but like syndication. Yeah. Like Friends is a show that has like really, I mean, shows like Friends and Seinfeld and like, you know, Roseanne before the, <laughs> before recently, uh, you know, shows that like people really like no matter what age they are have discovered through like just being syndicated yeah and people have such a strong I don't know people just have such a strong emotional reaction to this show it's it's because it's it's funny but it's it's so um it is so wholesome really it is it's about love and friendship and kindness and silliness and they're all adults but they're all children in a way that they're learning to be adults yeah they are like they're like kids like you're watching people not want to give in to being adults and it's like there's something that's like um almost like relatable about that yeah live in this like this weird like strange world where they're not really like 30 year olds exactly and and because i think but i think they they are the the new they are what 30 began to look like that's so and true yeah it looks like now like i was watching i was watching the episode that we watched for this for this and i was like oh thank god like i'm 25 they also didn't have it figured out at 25 like yeah. they that's such a good they, point and it's and what this is like 15 years later or 20 years later that real this really is what adulthood looks like now in 2019 like this is like one of the first shows to like 
really delve into that. Because <clears throat> I do remember being younger and watching this and thinking, like, they're really silly for being old. You know what I mean? Like, I was oh, like, this yeah. is so weird. Like, <clears throat> people their age on other TV shows are way more figured out than they are. They're, like, teenagers. But, yeah, I think I remember thinking that I thought they were a lot younger when I was a child. Because I remember my sister, so you learn to drive here when, like, you can learn to drive here when you're 17. Mm-hmm. And my sister didn't learn until she was 21. And me thinking, God, that is so embarrassing. How do you go around calling yourself an adult when you can't even drive? And she was 21. Like, here, you don't really need to drive. Right. So yeah. it's like your idea of adulthood is so like, like what simple. makes an adult is so simple. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't have a job. That's what adults have. Hello. Yes, exactly. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? You don't know what you want to do or like what? And, and because they're all start, like it's, they're kind of a bit more in the middle. Like Ross was married. Rachel was going to get married and then is starting again. Yeah. Really like they don't, they don't seem to know what they want to do for the first like two series. And that's really nice. Yeah. And I guess um, this would, this would be a good time to, cause I haven't even really like gone into how I'm formatting these episodes really for like the people listening. Oh, yeah. So I decided that when I first thought that I wanted to do this, I was like, Oh, like I'll just go through and talk about the couple as a whole throughout the whole series. And you know, like I, it's very easy for me to fall into a crazy rain man trapped in my apartment for four days, <laughs> like rabbit hole. And I was like, actually, it probably would be a better idea to just pick like an episode that really encompasses like their whole relationship and um, like for, for better or for worse or whatever. And yeah. uh, to really just kind of like break that down and then kind of talk around it. And um, so we chose the episode today uh, where Ross and Rachel like f- have their iconic kiss moment, like probably one of the most iconic moments in television history where they finally kiss. I think so. I think, although they do actually kiss before this, yeah, in, in Rachel's like mind, but it just doesn't have that same like oomph to it. Don't they kiss in the laundry room? They have like a peck. Oh yes, they have that peck. It's, but it's not the, like a real. No. You know, no. this is the first like kiss, like the the moment that the that they really baited the audience with and. You know, it's just interesting. Like, we'll get into this. I mean, we can get into it now, but like, it's just fascinating because their relationship was sort of like the like the will they won't they was the whole sort of it was the basis of this whole show. Really, was like, will they end up together? Will they date? Or will they move on? And they for ten years kept us kind of wavering back and forth and wondering and obsessing over it and being frustrated by it and crying about it and laughing about it. I mean, we were really like hardcore invested in Ross and Rachel because I think wait how so what was your relationship with it like how because I wasn't in the zeitgeist of it actually happening as it was happening were you was that something you were like invested in at the time so I had a friend's family like my family we I grew up with my family watching friends so like even as a kid I watched it from the beginning even when I was like way too young to be watching it and not that it was like inappropriate, but like I just didn't understand a lot of the stuff that was happening, but I thought it was funny. Yeah, same. And I remember being young and really liking Friends is a very like physic physical comedy show. Mm-hmm. So like my moments I remember like being little and like the moments that really would have me like truly keeled over, like holding my guts laughing was them like 
jumping on each other's backs or Monica putting the turkey on her head or like just stuff yeah. like that was like, to me, that was true, like comedy gold. Um, so yeah, like I grew up watching the show. I watched it while it was on TV and I was like, I was a hardcore friends obsessive. I was a stan. I like loved it. And then after it ended, I'll be honest with you, for me, Friends was never a show that, like, I stuck with after it ended. Like, I'm not one of those people that watches it all the time now. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know why. It just wasn't, like, a thing that, like, like, I watch Seinfeld a lot still, and I watch The Simpsons almost every day. But Friends is just not one of those shows that I ended up watching, like, continuously throughout my entire life, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, parts of it really haven't aged well. Yeah. Like, the whole, like, um, like any of their references to people being gay is just always... It's all so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And, yeah, and then the Monica storyline um, with when she was younger. Yeah, yeah. Any, any of that, you just... It really is uncomfortable to watch. It is. Um but then I'm one of those terrible people that can just be like, well, I'll skip that episode and then <laughs> yeah. give them my money. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, it's the thing about TV shows is that they're like a time capsule, you know? And it's like, it's like, doesn't mean that it's right, but it's like just a sign of where we were at the time, you know? It's like where we were like in our politically correctness, you know? Yeah. And you know i mean i don't think any of like the cast would like film a lot of those scenes now like especially like when they talk about being gay and they'll say stuff like like even in this episode they always do that thing where it's like they won't say the word gay they yeah. do like the maybe he's maybe he's maybe he's say something like oh i'm not like i'm not something like i'm not like that or I'm, i don't play for that team or something like yeah. that like maybe he drives on the other side of the road. That was it. it was maybe he drives on the other side like, of the road. It's like, oh, like in London? Like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like you can't say it, but you kind of can because it's so taboo. Like the whole thing is just so like, but you know, it was in early 90s in the US. Yeah. That's how we were about homosexuality at the time. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, same here, to be honest. So. Um. And, like, I don't know, I think that the weird thing about Ross and Rachel is that they are kind of, like, a definitive TV couple. I think a lot of shows that have come after Friends have tried to kind of copy, like, the Ross and Rachel thing. They've tried to, like, hook their viewers in the way that the Friends producers were able to hook people for it. I mean, for us to have been invested in this relationship for 10 years is honestly fucking crazy. And, but because their chemistry is so, they are—they're like fated lovers. They really are. There's no, there's nothing like you want it so badly because it, it there is no other option for them. Yeah, it's like and you I, know that everything in between is just sort of like a placeholder. Yeah, yeah, totally a placeholder. And there's that. There's I can't really think of many other shows where they've so like so seamlessly is the wrong word but like they ha- it's they've not whacked us over the head with it yeah they it's just like so obvious and subtle that they are madly in love yeah yeah and it's like it's funny because it's a trope that's like as old as time you know like the will they won't they have a couple on a tv show is like the basis of literally so many 
sitcoms, but they just did it so well. And the fact that they didn't allow them to ever fully, they never like gave us what we really wanted. No. Until the last episode. Yeah. Well, that's it. And even in like, in like series four. So in my mind, I was thinking of like big Ross and Rachel moments. And in series four, when Ross says, um, Rachel at the altar instead of um instead of Emily which at saying I'm getting married next year and saying the wrong name at the altar is because of that show is like <laughs> my biggest fear um but in my mind it was like this big Ross and Rachel moment therefore it must have been a big Ross and Rachel um Ross and Rachel like series but actually the whole series they're hardly together that they're they're not a thing at all yeah yeah and the culmination of that is only that one moment where he says her name and the reason we're so invested is because of what that signifies rather than it actually being a big thing really in itself 100 percent. yeah i mean if you like i don't know um montage like all the moments that they're actually like a couple in 10 years i watch those montages for this <laughs> it's short right like it's not like they weren't really together that much at all no at all uh, not comp- not when you think about how many hours of television they created right um and it's it's just little it's little things that that mean that they're thinking about one another or that that mean that there's inner turmoil or there's just so many missed opportunities that could have been so much more so you read into it way more than actually happened yeah I also too I want to get your theory on this but I whenever I'm talking about friends Mm -hmm. I always think it's worth mentioning that in my opinion I don't know if everybody would agree with this but I think that this show if you really went back and watched it from the very first episode and watched it the entire way through to me I think that this show sort of revolves around Rachel Oh, yeah, I I can see that because it starts off with her. She's the one who starts over her life again. Yeah. She's the one that brings, I get, yeah. I, whoa. Yeah. It's, because, it's a story about her, like, finding, like, through her friends. She's like yeah. the Carrie Bradshaw of the show. Like, yeah. it's like through her friends, she's figuring out how to navigate, like, adulthood because she was so stunted by like her family and like she stumbles into this group and it's like through all of these people, she figures out how to be like a whole person. Yeah. And also it's her, she's, she's the one kind of her career progresses in a really linear way. Mm -hmm. Um, her it's, she's the one who probably dates the most like whereas invested in her dating and but then monica i don't know i think monica is also a a big it's monica and rachel but i guess rachel is the main is the main one i think that their friend group revolves around monica yeah yeah i think that monica's like the one that is like well, she's the mother. She's the mom of the group. Like, she has individual relationships with each person that I think is more intense than they all. Not all of them, but, like, not every single friend can say that they have a super intense relationship with everybody. Yeah. The way I think Monica does. Like, she's yeah. really involved in everybody's life in, like, a really intense way. 
yeah well she's a she's an organizer she's a controller so to have a part of the group that she wasn't in really involved in yeah would be like a counter to her nature to her like core and i also think that in the aspect of like rachel being like the show's sort of focus i think um obviously like all of the friends sort of teach her something about herself but like i think ross sort of teaches her how to like treat men and be treated by men in a way like throughout her like extreme dating history on the show like she like has really um coming of age moments with ross as far as like how to be in a relationship and how to not be in a relationship and you know what i mean i think ross's expectations of rachel are like are her learning what to expect of herself as an adult yeah so like he adores her so much but he knows that she can be so much more than other people have ever expected her to be yeah at that point and so his just pure love of her is exact is exactly what she needs i guess to like become the full adult that she is yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. It's it's a it's like it's a show about her becoming an adult. Oh, I love it. Um, well I guess we can kind of get into like the breakdown of the episode now if you want. Yes, let's do okay. that. All right. So before we started recording, we were talking about how like, you know, obviously every sitcom has an A and B plot and Friends is no different. I mean, every episode is an A, B, sometimes like a really tiny itty bitty little C plot that's like truly nothing. <laughs> like yeah. in this one, it's like Phoebe's boyfriend not wanting to sleep with her and then they sleep together and it's like there's like two scenes of it it's very uh, weird I makes I mean is there a is there a need for it added it? nothing to the I was like why is this in this episode I don't I because it's like whoa wild this woman wants to have sex yeah I know <laughs> she's like why won't he give it to me everybody was like oh <laughs> it's like so wild um but yeah, so there's an A and B plot in this episode. The A plot is that um, Ross and Rachel are sort of like mining their feelings about each other and like navigating this like weird uh, tension that they've had since high school and they finally come to terms with it. And the B plot is that Chandler got fat. So Monica's helping him lose weight, but she's too aggressive. And, you know. Do you know what I thought when I watched this? I don't know how... You are going through so many 90s stars and not getting body dysmorphia. Because the first thing I wrote down was Monica so thin. So thin. Like, I, I, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't watch Friends religiously a lot. But like, when you go back and revisit those old, like, Courtney Cox era 90s days where like thin was in, baby, 98, 99, the more like, like, rib bone the better like it is very jarring it really is I was I I because I just think when I go back to watch friends I don't think I actually go back all that far and I was taken aback yeah by it it's like I don't it's like um do you remember Ali McBeal <gasps> oh I loved Ali McBeal the, because my sister is so much older than me like that's the kind of stuff I got I got dragged into watching Ally McBeal with the face bra and like (laughs) I love Ally McBeal but do you remember like the political or not political but like the 
politically incorrect uh, like body talk around that era because of Calissa Flockhart and Courtney Cox and just like all like Portia yeah skinny gals it was a crazy time and how thin georgia gets in that oh yeah oh my god it's insane yeah it's insane but yeah so courtney is uh it was it was just weird like the whole episode revolves around her like obsessively working out with with uh with chandler um and he sweats through a jumper which i was like why have you not just taken the jumper off i know it's such a classic 90s sitcom trope like i sweated through a thick cotton sweat. It's like what? <laughs> you just take it off. Like. Take that off. Like what's I don't get it. Uh but yeah, so the and also I I read online and I mentioned to you this to you earlier that like this is the first episode that the producer saw potential in Chandler and uh and Monica becoming a couple and I didn't know that until after I watched the episode. And when I was watching it, I was like, are they dating this season? Like, they're so, there's so much chemistry between them. They are, when they are like hitting each other outside of the. Yeah. And I'm just, there, there is, there's just that kind of, they're a little duo because they don't, they, even though they are friends, they don't really have a friendship, just the two of them. No, they don't. So. I, I do think they, it's a different type. I do. I think they're, like I was saying to you before, I think they're the steady type of love that you're, so like Ross and Rachel are the ones that you're, so, like you want to be. Mm-hmm. But the, the the kind of steady, invested in one another, like contentedness of of Monica and Chandler is what you should be. And I think that's clear kind of in this episode already. That's like, such a good like I love that's such a good point I Ross and Rachel are I have this this term that I call uh um they're like an adrenaline couple like they're like an endorphin couple like um because you know like people get endorphins from fighting sometimes like there are people who get like a high and their blood Mm -hmm. rushes from fighting it's like Lindsay Lohan disorder (laughs) <laughs> it's like the drama makes you it's like being high you know yeah 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 and they're like very much like that couple that everybody knows or has like everybody's friends with a couple like that where they're like every day you never know if they're together or not she's throwing a shit out the window he, like he's buying her a wedding ring the next day it's like a whole thing and it doesn't really make sense because it's like because they're so in love mm-hmm. but it, but it I, I think with Mon- with Ross and Rachel, it's kind of one step back from that because some of it is like, oh, they're fighting, but a lot of it is like, oh, it's just they're missing the right time. Yes. Yeah, there's like miscommunication constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they're very like their friends are obviously very involved in their relationship. And like that's super relatable to an endorphin couple like that because they get everybody. gotta hear about it. Oh my god, everybody is involved in it. Everybody <laughs> know every detail. Did you already tell so and so this part? Okay, I'll tell you. Like everybody's involved, and then you realize at a certain point they love they love this shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pawn in this fucking game. I'm a part of their foreplay. You know what I mean? Like I this hate is that. I hate I hate when a friend comes to you with like a problem and you're basically like, look, you need to end end it this needs to stop yeah it's not good it's not good for either of you you both deserve better and like you go through that whole thing you like draft out friggin' texts 
you're like, right, you're going to say this, or like you're going to go around to his house in the morning because it's, you're going to be dignified. Yeah. It's hurt, but don't worry, you can come here. We'll go out for dinner. And then it's like, don't worry about it, babe. The next day, like, we're yeah. We're fine now. But yeah, 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 we're going yeah. to dance. Like, oh. I'm like obsessed with him now. It's like, okay. Yeah. That, that actually is the god am i gonna hate ross and rachel at the end of this <laughs> i don't think so maybe no. maybe i don't know well, i can't make any promises um so the episode starts with some like b-plot goodness where chandler busts in the house and tells the group that he feels like you know people are looking through him and like women are attracted to him and he's disgusting and phoebe makes a comment about how depressed she feels when she gains <laughs> weight and he's like wait what Meanwhile, he is so much more attractive than I ever remember him being. Can we talk for a second? My second note, all more attractive than I remember. Look, the I had no idea that I was like truly, I guess maybe, of course, I look back at my childhood and I'm like, of course I was lusting after these men. What fantasy world do you live in, sir? <laughs> but my God, like... I can't even, I don't even know. I mean, between Joey, early Matt LeBlanc, are you kidding me? It's like, it's like Titanic era Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God. It really is. He has heartthrob everything. Heartthrob hair. He dresses like a heartthrob. He like is a bad boy with like a leather jacket over his shoulder. It is. And I mean, all of them. David Schremer looks amazing. But yeah, Matthew Perry is... We were gaslit, though. We were gaslit about Chandler and and Ross, I think. I kind of agree with you. Because they were like, oh, like, Ross is such a nerd. Exactly. So goofy. But actually, they were like stone-cold foxes. Yeah. We wouldn't have looked our way if we were like, hey, hi. Oh, my God. Especially, like... You know, as this, it's funny because as the series progresses, like Chandler or um, Ross, like gets hotter, and then yes. Joey starts off like fucking teen beat hot, and then he gets like weird looking at, like he gets like he's like the inventor of the dad bod before it was like chic. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, but then Monica, who's like unemployed and like is single, like she just got broken up with, is in dire need of a project. So she decides that she's going to help Chandler lose weight and gain his confidence back. And I'm sure you can see where it's going. Type A Monica goes a little bit too hard. Um, we get like a really classic like friends montage of, of Monica and Chandler working out too hard and Macho I Man is playing in the background. I was like, also, they, what was so jarring to me was they were running and they were running without headphones. Oh, I know. Just running through the street in New York. I was like, I'm, excuse me. I'm <laughs> running with your own thoughts. <laughs> it's like, what are you thinking? <laughs> you want to be alone with your own thoughts? What the fuck is wrong with you, psychopath? Also, can we talk about, like, the fact that as a child, I thought, I really thought that this was a truly hustling and bustling New York City. You could not tell me that this wasn't Manhattan. I was like, we are on West whatever in, in fucking Times Square. I thought it looked so real. Now it looks like Pee Wee's Playhouse. It, oh, please. I thought that, that not only was it New York, I thought like, wow, that's America. 
that's the whole of America. <laughs> Look at all the people. Like, <laughs> it is the most unrealistic set I think I've ever seen on television. The street when they were running looked like foam. I felt it, like they were bouncing. It did. It did look. Like, it looked like somebody had literally just come along and polished it a minute ago. <laughs> I was like, what? And there's like you know three or four like really cliche new yorkers that walk by with like a baguette in their hand or you know like and those like bins those bins that have got like um that are like wired mesh yes this is where we put all our rubbish in new york yeah this is a new york city trash can it's like very it's very it's hilarious like and there's like steam coming from every (laughs) everywhere Everywhere in New York, there's constantly hustling steam coming up from every sewer. It's ridiculous. I love it, though. Yeah, me too. Um, I li- actually, like, my apartment building behind it, I always say, like, it's like, I live in an apartment building that's three apartment buildings connected, and it's on a corner, so it's a triangle. Oh, yeah. And each side of the street has a different address, oh, even though it's one building, and then the middle of it is, like, this open triangle, and I always say that it looks like a movie set's idea of, like, New York. Like, it looks like Canada's New York. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? It's very, like, it just looks fake. It looks <laughs> like a movie set. It just looks like a, a, a guy built a set to be like, New York City! Uh, <laughs> That's what, um, even though I think, even though it was filmed in London, but um, London in Parent Trap is not the London I'm living in. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh my god, I need to go back and rewatch. Was it actually filmed in London? I I think so. There's a bit where she's in she's in um, a taxi and it's going like there she goes, and then Mm. she's like going. I was like, you can't get road access past that part of London. Like you have to walk, and like people, no one is happy. No one's gonna look at you in the eye, like. (laughs) And she's just going fast, and it's like, there she goes. I feel like that's one of those movies that only, like, they probably filmed, like, two scenes actually in London, and the rest was, like, in Colorado on a soundstage. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Probably where it's more affordable to film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the next scene, they're at Central Park, and Ross is, like, making, uh, he's making out with Julie, his girlfriend that he met on vacation was he, where did he was he on vacation why was he in china he was in um china for he got sent there to look at some bones oh of course right the, he's a nerd yeah. um so ross was sent to china to look at some some bones and uh he brought back a girlfriend julie and he and julie are kissing in the front window and they're all sitting in there and watching them make out and rachel's like very visibly affected by it um, and telling the group that she's fine because she's at a date tonight with a guy. With it is almost slapsticky how annoyed she looks. Oh my god! It was like so much of Friends is slapsticky, and I love it. And I live. It, it's very like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's not like highbrow comedy in any sense of the imagination. Like it's it's that what i don't know what the actual word for it is but you know when there's like a laugh track but it's not it's like it's to a live audience and it's that kind of comedy that's like it's hammed up a bit it's hammed up that's the perfect way to describe it it's like hammed up like comedy it's like slipping on a banana peel yeah um 
so yeah, she's like very like visibly upset, and by that I mean like a true child star, like crossing her arms and being like, "I'm grumpy." Like, I'm really, so like, upset. <laughs> yeah, like she's surely temple upset. Yes, those uh, <laughs> are just flying around. <laughs> and she's also like frantically carrying around a tray that has items glued down to it, so that Jennifer Aniston yes. can stop them. Which like, is another thing that I used to, as a child, be like, they're so good. Like, they must have to go through so much training. Yeah, like, coffee. he's not a good coffee server. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a giant coffee mug that she's basically holding upside down on the chair. Yes, she I think she, like, th- almost throws it when she, like, leaves the coffee. Yeah. And she basically is just like, here. <laughs> yes to an extra who's like pretending to like flip through a magazine really frantically i know best day of their life i (laughs) i love the extras and i love the story of gunther who i know honestly what a gig to get to be an extra and then be like i'm a regular and that that paycheck on like the most successful sitcom in the history of television i know as an extra Exactly, with such bizarre hair. <laughs> bizarre hair and, like, such a, just a bizarre character in general. Like, Gunther was such a weird yeah. character that they wrote into the show. Not in 2019. I don't think Gunther is making it in 2019. No, not at all. Um, so then Ross tells Monica that he's coming. Well, they come in. He and Julie come in. And uh, he tells Monica that he is going to be stopping by her apartment to pick up some cat toys because he and Julie are going to be getting a cat together and okay. sends Rachel into her full spiral. It, no, she is totally within her rights to go into a spiral. I almost went into a spiral. It is insane to get a cat with a new, with somebody that you don't live with. I, you have to live together and to get a cat when you've just, they've been going out for like two weeks. I was actually going to ask you about this because I haven't watched the pre episodes of this um of this season like in years like i didn't understand that like that was so confusing to me so they were just getting a cat together as a couple that was dating like newly they let the episode before the either the episode before or two episodes before and then she's like is, is she's like the cat will stay at ross's half the time and mine half the time do you think we were supposed to think that was ridiculous or was it supposed to be feel normal i don't know i think that I think it's just emblematic. Oh, look at me using these. Look at you. I know. (laughs) Uh, I've got a degree, don't you know? Um, (laughs) But it's just, I think it's emblematic of um, Ross's kind of all all in. He just wants, all he wants so badly is to be in love. All he wants is to have that kind of marital bliss. And I, I think like the same way he gets engaged to Emily so quickly, like, it's. I mean, it's just classic Ross to just be like, "Oh, we're gonna get a cat." Yeah, like we're obviously their their relationships apart from each other were supposed to be like not great, or like I, I feel like in all of their relationships apart from each other, like they do they lean into like the worst qualities yeah. of themselves. You know, like he like moves way too fast with every girl that he meets and stuff, and like she's just sporadic and crazy and she's a you know like a classic like pixie Um, dream girl 90s like doesn't know what she wants manic pixie blah 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 um so yeah i mean that kind of confused me like this julie thing because i was like is this supposed to be insane or am i just 
I don't, but the, it's so difficult because the way that they, I think it is supposed to be insane, but they are presenting it as though it's the most, you kind of don't know because there are other relationships like Frank and um, I don't know her name, but like Phoebe's uh, brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's an insane relationship. Yeah. And, but yet it's, it's kind of sweet and we are like, Oh, that it's presented as normal. So you kind of never know with the show whether or not they're going to like be like, no, yeah, you're all right. This was insane. Or whether yeah. they're going to be like, ha ha. Yes, it's insane, but they're in love. <laughs> Isn't it silly? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then in the next scene, uh, we get a, uh, we get uh, Rachel's date, which was like, I thought was fucking hysterical. I, I was like, I want to hang out with Rachel. Like, I really, so I have this thing, and I've, I think I've talked about this in this podcast before, I want to say, but like, I'm always really fascinated by how actors play drunk. Oh, okay, go on. Because I've always heard, like, uh, actors say, like, I'm inside the actor studio and stuff, they always talk about how playing drunk is like, one of the hardest things you can do as an actor to play like convincing drunk. Cause you can play so many different kinds of drunk. If you think about yeah, it, it can be God, yeah. comedic. It can be mean. It can be scared. I mean, it can be like anything. Yeah. So like to play like a, um, a convincing drunk person is really hard. I think she was great. I thought so too. I thought it was so funny. You know, it's like, I, I obviously, this the elephant in the room is that I hate Jennifer Anderson and everybody that's listening to this knows that, which is so <laughs> dark. I know it like really hurts people. It really rocks into their core, and I, and I know that, and I, I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to uh, affect people with it. But I only I always say that I only don't like Jennifer Anderson because of like other people. Like I just think that the what people project onto Jennifer Anderson is just too much. It's just like we all need to calm down about yeah. we have to just evaluate the situation at face value well I think in terms of like beauty she is I mean to me like the most beautiful one on the show is Phoebe me too me because too. I just think like she's just um like captivating yeah and and Rachel is bland yeah and beige. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, I kind of, I get, I can't, I, what I don't understand is Rachel Fever. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm like, is Jennifer Aniston gorgeous? Boy, of course. Yeah. But like, do I think that, like, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, and I've talked about this before too. People right now are fast forwarding, just, you know, like th- this is like, this is like, a, <laughs> it triggers people. But um I think it was like 2016 or something or 2014. She was voted the most beautiful woman of all time. No. I just think people are like, I think people are fanatical about her in a way that's like, they're told to be. Yeah. Like you're just told to like love Jennifer Aniston. So you just do it. Um, But I, I say all that to say the the silver lining is that I actually do think that Jennifer Aniston is such a good, like, um, like, comedic actress and I do think she's really funny and she's got such good physical comedy like her physical comedy on the show of like jumping on people's backs and like chasing people around the table and like doing all those classic friends things is great and I thought that she was really good in this scene where she's supposed to be drunk when she says to him you're being a bit weird about your phone 
I was like, oh yeah. shit. I like, know. So true. Like, that's the kind of thing that you say when you're drunk. And like, also like the, the weirdness of like a person, like there's one guy in the restaurant that has a cell phone. So you have to be like, Hey sir, can I borrow your mobile phone? Yeah, excuse me. I'll pay for it myself. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you a couple dollars. I was like, I don't even know how that would have worked. <laughs> oh my god! She like hands him like a like a, a phone card. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. In the olden days, how did it work? <laughs> so Jennifer or Rachel gets super super drunk on this date, and she's like asking the guy like continuously getting more and more drunk and asking him like how you move on from a previous relationship and like why she's not over him and why she feels this way and blah, blah, blah. It's like clearly going really bad. And uh, she ends up using this guy's phone and the table behind her to call Ross and give him like a drunk dial, which was very relatable. Oh yeah. I mean, it still is. Beyond. I used to be the prince of a drunk dial. <laughs> yeah. It was like my gig. I used to, uh, mm, no, I I think more like drunk texting now. Mm, mm-hmm. I think like I would, so then the hard evidence would have to be face me in the morning. Like, Oh no, that's the worst. <laughs> I've only ever once had a drunk voicemail and it was from my my best friend who got really drunk and we had a fight I can't remember what about and she just I got this voicemail in the morning and it just said you can't be someone's best friend and then fall out with them and that was it (laughs) (laughs) Ah! oh my god if I had a nickel for every time I mean honestly like the amount of times you know I was never an emotional drunk dialer I was always like, I want you to, like, listen to me be silly on the phone. Like, just truly narcissistic. Oh, and like, You know what I mean? Being like, listen to me. <laughs> and, like, expecting my friends to be like, oh, oh, what a gift. And, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is going to be so great. <laughs> Listening to you, like, groan and burp and giggle. Like, yay. Um <laughs> what, what a gift, you know? I mean, to be 20 one again oh, and no. I just would go and like boys stuff that I fancied and like comment on their old Facebook pictures oh because you get internet bold for sure absolutely yeah. who did yeah. I think I was yeah and like back in the day that was such a different thing it's like now <clears throat> if you go back to like 2013 on somebody's Instagram it's like much more creepy than back in the day when you would like you know like an old picture of somebody on Facebook or like oh god i'm just cringing because i i can like put myself in that mindset that mm-hmm. i would do that and then i'd be like don't worry Rosie, i'm just setting you up for tomorrow like yeah exactly <laughs> it's like you're not strong enough to do this on the normal day so oh, i'm just god. like helping you build the foundation of your future oh jeez, <laughs> i don't drink anymore and i think that's why <laughs> honestly like i the fact that i do still drink is honestly insane 21-year-old me is like, bitch, really? That's so right. Some of us need to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Please carry that mantle for me. And speaking of, like, drunk things and cliches, the next day, Rachel is, well, she's, there's, she's gorgeously hungover. Yes. Isn't that an iconic look? I used to want, like, plaid 
um, pajamas. Like that look specifically. Oh, yeah. Fucking my brain. When I saw that, I had a visceral reaction. I felt yeah. it. I was like, wow, that is like, it's Rachel's like plaid pajama bottoms with like a crop top, like a blue sort of like cropped, like slouchy shirt. Yeah. And this is also, I mean, I, we can't go any further without mentioning that this is the year of the Rachel. Oh, really? This is like, this is peak the Rachel being a phenomenon in the, oh. like just bl- changing Mia Farrowing the fuck out of everybody's hair. <laughs> I mean, can, can you imagine though, actually going into a hairdresser's and being like, I would like the, I mean, asking for like, Oh, I want my hair like this. And mm-hmm. like, makes sense to me, but going in and being like, like it's the same with now people would be like, maybe not now, but in 2012, like, Oh, I want the Kate for Kate. Right. Kate. Yeah. Like, can you imagine going in and saying such like a, no and being like i want it super choppy lots of chunky highlights please and they'd be like oh i get what you're saying yeah oh you want the rachel yeah you want the rachel but you don't go in and sit down and go give me the rachel it's the equivalent i think of now the way that girls want like long weave to the ass kim kardashian hair oh yeah you know what i mean like every girl is going through like a a 22 inch hair extension phase because of Kim and they look great you know and not like calling it the Kim but like you have Kim inspired hair yes <laughs> you know Kim inspired <laughs> um but like I don't know it's just funny because in this scene it's like they're using and this is like why as a kid watching this like I used to think the world was so black and white there's context clues to show that you that she's hung over there's a bottle of Advil and a glass of water and she's squinting. So she's drank too much. It's like, yeah. you yeah, know, it's you know, we know. sitcom talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sitcom okay. talk where she drank last night. What is Advil? Um, Advil is like, um, a- do you have aspirin? Do you like, yeah. it's, it's like aspirin. paracetamol. Oh no. What is that? Is it like, um, is that like a fizzy? No, it's like, I think it's, it's just like you have a headache, you take paracetamol. No. That's exactly what Advil is here. Okay. So it's, it's like, the same thing. I'm hungover. I need an Advil. It's very Yeah. That. Okay. To me, I was just like, oh, she just looks like, she looks like she's just nursing herself and. Yeah. And being gorgeous. Yeah. Being absolutely stunningly beautiful while she nurses herself back to health. Um, and another like classic friends humor moment. Like, so Ross is like he shows up to get the cat toys, which like what is insane? I mean, it's like could they not? It's like they just couldn't think of something else or something. So they thought of the most bizarre thing to do it early on in a relationship. Like, surely they could have just been like, "Oh, I needed some like old school photos from when we were younger." Like, somebody right. would go to Mon- does it, Monica's never had a cat. Monica's never had a fucking cat first and foremost so like that's insane and also (laughs) like does monica have some like crazy like she's dyson brand cat toys like what is it about monica's like yarn ball that is so different like that ross who lives in new york city can't go buy some cat toys he has to schedule an appointment for all the steam (laughs) (laughs) too much uh street steam billowing through new york it's like he used to schedule an appointment to go to Monica's house to pick up a shoebox of 
strings. Yeah, I I mean It is I the know. weirdest story, but Ross shows up to get his the cat toys for him and he and uh Julie's cat. And um Rachel's like, I feel like I had a dream about you last night or something. Like I feel like did I talk to him on the phone? And he's like, No, I didn't stay at home last night. And he's like, actually, do you care if I check my voicemail on this giant house phone? And uh so he checks his voicemail and she realizes that she drunk dialed him and like it's a classic friends physical comedy moment where she runs and jumps on his back she can you imagine being light as a feather so as to be able to if i would put my boyfriend in hospital if i (laughs) him in that way (laughs) hospitalized i will say that if i was like a tiny skinny little girl like jennifer anderson this is like that's how i would flirt i would be very like Hold me and like jump on people's backs and like nestle. Look how light I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. Like, so not, I'd be like scheduling, scheduling like dates to the beach so that I can be like carried along the sand, like quickly, you know? Yeah, like any reason to be lifted and yes. like look dainty. Yeah. Would be like my dream. Um, so Ross gets super upset. Obviously, he's like really confused by it. And he says, um, he's and in the voicemail, she tells Ross that she's over him and that she's moved on. And he says, You're over me? You're over me? And then he goes, When were you under me? Because they haven't really had like a definitive conversation yet about liking each other. They don't even he doesn't even know that she knows that he liked her. Which that was another thing that I completely forgotten about. Yeah. That he didn't know that she knew about his high school crush on her. Oh, no, but not even, like, the high school one. Like, he had liked her for that whole year that she'd been back. And everybody... So I... Because I watched, like, the episodes around it. Everybody was, like, either move on or do something about it. He goes to China. They tell Rachel. Rachel goes to meet him. Rachel goes to meet him to be like, I like you too. Um, and he's with Julie. Oh, the cat and mouse of it yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, like, our hearts can't cope. <laughs> Literally. Especially when you're eight. Um, yeah, oh, God, when I was eight. <laughs> they were everything. Our little hearts couldn't beat fast enough. Um, <laughs> so, but Rachel then confesses that, um, you know, while Ross was in China meeting Julie, that, uh, that you know she that basically they had yes that they had told her that he was in love with her or whatever and that you know it's just like a whole fucking miscommunication thing so then like they're going back and forth in the living room and like screaming at each other and like being super childish and being like well you like me first and she's like well you like me first but i love it but i love it it's adorable it's like very their relationship like it's such a like teenage it's almost like the relationship is crystallized in like their teenage high school years when they last like dealt with these emotions or whatever and i also i love that what they they argue about is never whether or not they like each other yeah it's always a timing issue or something they did but it is never I don't like you. Yeah, exactly. It's never like mean or cruel. No. No. It's always like some, yeah, like you said, some sort of miscommunication. Um, 
Do you, I meant to ask, do you think they were on a break? Mm. We were on a break. <laughs> um, kind of, yeah. I mean, like, in the scope of, like, the relationship from beginning to end, yeah. Do you? No. So I think that they didn't talk enough about it before he decided they were on a break. Right, yeah, yeah. So they just, like, they had one conversation. She was, like, a break from us. And then she goes, he goes and sleeps with someone else. And I just think that isn't enough to constitute a break. When That's very true. Whole, when that like, their relationship deserves so much more than that. Than That's very true. Given that, how long they'd known each other and, like, their history at, up to that yeah. point. That's true. We were on a break. I forgot about that being a thing, too. Yeah, that was, I mean, that is, like, such a... And somehow they managed to make it, like, this, like, funny catchphrase, something that actually is, like, really emotional in the show. Yeah, it's something that resonates to the point that now, like, the cast of Vanderpump Rules is screaming it on vacation and thinking that they're being, like, clever. Um, (laughs) Your face! (laughs) (laughs) You would think that they, like, I don't know, like... (laughs) We're trying to take credit for breathing. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I look all the time. Um, (laughs) So the episode ends with this super fucking iconic moment where Rachel's closing the coffee shop and Ross shows up to say that he didn't get the cat and that he's annoyed that he didn't get the cat because Rachel had to screw everything up. And he tells her that, um, you know, she had no right to tell him about her feelings and that it was selfish of her to do that. Um, And they get into this like really massive fight about their miscommunication. And Rachel tells him that, uh, that he could have told her that he liked her at any point that they've been hanging out every single day for a year now, because this is season two. So they've literally been together every day for over a year. Yeah. Um, And, uh, oh, my phone's ringing. <laughs> first of all I know it's like it's I have a house phone first of all do you have a house phone I, in your house I was about to say no I don't have a house I do in my like my mom's house but I don't in my house so I work remotely and it requires me to have a house phone and like uh. no like I don't use it I don't even have like a real phone attached to it but like it's only used for like telemarketers to call me oh interesting and say things like your social security number is in jeopardy unless you send us $4,000. Um, so my house phone just rang. It's very on brand. We're talking about friends. It is. I feel like I've been taken back. <laughs> People used to do that thing in America. They did it here where they would like um, answer the phone and they would say the phone number. Like they'd be like, hi, this is 0161 How can I no. help you? No. Why did, did you, like, at stores? No, like, my mom would do that. Really? She would say your phone number before she talked? Yeah, before you talk. So you're like, oh, yeah, I got the right number. Thanks. Hi, Mary. Oh, my God, no. That is so smart, and I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, it's like old people do it now. That is so, I'm going to start doing it. (laughs) With my phone phone. Yeah, give it a go. I think it might throw people off a bit, but. That is so funny. No, that was not a thing here. Yeah, that was like a big thing. 
Did you, were you like a house phone gal? Like, did you spend a lot of time on the house phone when you were younger? Yes. I used to get my boyfriends um, to ring me on the house phone. And then I would do this thing where we would go, um, okay, after, so I must have been eight. And we'd be like, after three, I'm going to, we're going to say who likes each other. If I oh, like yeah. And then we'd be like, I like you. <laughs> and I'd be like to my mom, anytime I wasn't on the phone, I'd be like, don't, don't, don't pick up the phone because Joshua's going to call me in five minutes. <laughs> oh my God. So much of our like figuring out who we were as kids was spent on the fucking house phone, dude. I know. And you knew all your friends' numbers. By heart. I used to treat, this is actually really funny. My mom and I have an inside joke about this, but I used to treat our house phone like it was like my cell phone like when they when cell phones had first come out well not when they first came out but when they first became like sort of common like 98 ish yeah and um I our house phone was like advanced I'm using quote fingers and it had like ringtones oh the ringtones were like you know all these like polyphonic like free songs that you couldn't get sued for like happy birthday and like and I would like set ringers for my friends. So like if my Oh friends, yes. If Taylor called me, it would be like, I don't even know, like a fourth of July themed song or something. <laughs> like it was like so stupid. Uh <laughs> I love that so much. I mean like, sorry, it's Desiree. She's calling me something's really important and like an old like Western polyphonic song. <laughs> When you said that, I just imagined you like picking up the phone, and on the end, it just been someone being like, "And I'm missing <laughs> you." Oh my god! Like that's the only Desiree I know. <laughs> that was a really random name to throw out. That was like my best friend in kindergarten. Um, oh, hey Desiree, nice. shout out! Now you're listening, girl. Uh, but yeah, so she's cleaning, or they're fighting at Central Park, and um, he also makes the comment that he's been, like, suppressing feel. She says, like, she makes this passive-aggressive comment about him bottling up his feelings, and um, she's like, well, you didn't have to, like, you know, tell me that you like me, or blah, 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 whatever, and he says, well, I've been suppressing how I feel about you since ninth grade, so I've gotten pretty good at it, um, which is, like, super sad. It's, like, a very Ross thing to say, and it's very sad. It is sad, but he's so invested in her. And, like, he's clearly presented as, like, the good guy. He's, you know, Ross is, like, the good guy who, you know, fell in love with her, like, during, like, a really sweet time. And, like, that's never worn out. And he, you know, he, like, loves her like a teenage boy would love his crush. Yeah. And I guess it kind of is a bit weird because yes they've been friends for a year now but they had like 10 years where they never saw each other i know that is very strange and he still loves her it's really sad but david swimmer plays a really good endearing nerd like beyond i know because he's he's so handsome yeah because he's hot (laughs) that's why it's like for some reason he's really good at this role um (laughs) (laughs) so the next yeah, or he runs out the door. So he runs out and Rachel locks, she screams out the door like, well, now we have closure. And she slams the door shut and locks like 40 deadbolts. She does 80 million. <laughs> <laughs> like half the episode was Rachel just locking locks. 
Like, <laughs> I was like, is that, is this a bit? I know. I, know, I, I thought so. No too. one in the audience was laughing, so I didn't know to laugh. I was like waiting for one of those old timey like rails to come out of the ground to like press against the door, <laughs> like an old like warehouse lock. I was like, why is there 43 locks going from the ceiling to the ground on the door at Central Park? I know. How much money are they keeping in that tail? <laughs> how much money are we talking here at the perk um so next the one i would say one of the most iconic moments of the show's history for sure uh he runs or he rachel goes over to the couch and she's crying and she's got her hands her head in her hands and she's like weeping and then she gets up and she turns around and ross is outside standing in the rain moping moping and he's like got his head pressed against the the glass and they look at each other and then she goes over to unlock the 37 locks and you just hear metals clanking and then she can't like so i actually read on imdb that there's two versions of this moment where they they cut out the lock bit because there is like a little moment where she can't get it open and he says try the bottom lock yeah 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 like in some versions, they cut it out because they thought it didn't work, but, like, it leaked. There's some, I don't know, it's, like, a weird thing. Like, some streaming um, services have it, and then on TV, oh, they yeah. don't show it. I like it with the locks. I do, too. We had to watch a lock em all give have some payoff. It needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. That you she just like, used- her flinging open. That. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, that's just insane like she basically just used like a janitor's keys to like lock the yeah. doors like a keychain that had three thousand keys on it yes. um so she can't get the door open and he says try the bottom one and then she finally gets it open and, and they, kiss. they kiss and it's like i this is a moment that i remember as a kid like this is a television moment that i remember watching on nbc and being really affected by because yeah this was a major deal that they finally kissed. And like, we thought that this is what the show was going to become, but they would be a couple for the rest of the show. And then that would be, and I think they, I think the show manages to um, recreate over and over again, that same, anytime they, anytime they have a little while where they're together blissfully, but really like they do so well to recreate this over yeah. and over again that's very true and they don't <clears throat> they do it so well that we don't um we don't hate them for each other like no. in in a lot of shows when they do it poorly when they have the relationship stretched out for too long or you feel like it's too much of a cat and mouse or if they if they date too soon and then it ruins the dynamic like did you ever watch new girl uh yes 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 so you know when Jess and Nick finally start actually dating, the show gets, like, really bad? Yeah. Because they don't know what else to do. Yeah, because it's kind of, oh, okay. Like, the purpose has been fulfilled. Yeah. Like, the air is let out of the tires, and we're like, all right, so now what? So yeah. So something else, and there's, like, nothing else to, you know. Um, they did a really good job of, like, not, and then you end up hating the characters as you're like, oh, fuck, they carry him big. Like, you yeah. hate big because you're like, oh, my God. Just fucking break up with him. He's terrible for you. He's There's, horrible. It's that thing with like with that that those couples where you're like really invested and you're like, okay, you're gonna break up and you're gonna or whatever. Right. And then they don't and you're so annoyed. Somehow 
they manage to not be that. Yeah, they don't annoy you or beat you over the head with it. Yeah. With, like, the, the back and forth and the cat and mouse. And, it's and they also... So subtle. Yeah, it is very subtle. And they don't alienate their friends with it either. No. You know? No. They don't, like, divide the group, really. No, which I would actually like to take personal... My, like, personal um, accomplishments, one of them is... I dated someone within my friendship group and then we broke up and then we had to stay in the same friendship group and wow. our friends used to take sides. And that is like one of my personal accomplishments of not making friends take sides because you can't like when you're in that kind of friendship, group, you just can't otherwise. It's unfair. You know, it's just not yeah. fair. Did you guys stay friends? Were you guys, like, nice? No, um, I took great pleasure in not inviting him to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just because we're not friends doesn't mean we don't have the same friends. So we're just, right. like, cordial. So all of you guys as mutual friends are coming? Yeah, can't wait. Can't I love that. Like, that was a real great time for me to send that invite. I really love that for you. Yeah, I loved it. For, it was, like, I, I like, text my mom because I told my mom, when um my mom hated him and and i t- sent her a text like just sent everyone their invites <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god so that means that he's gonna you know that means that he's gonna be on like instagram and stuff seeing everybody have like these like milestone yeah. moments together and he won't be there i know and that's what he gets for actually genuinely being a terrible person but that the, we digress yeah yeah <laughs> about me how did i do that (laughs) sometimes that happens to me every week i don't know how it's just a (laughs) thing that happens i don't know um well do you have any like i don't know closing thoughts about this couple or this show or whatever i just think that they are it's i just think that they are like the typical when we think of like fictional characters it becomes they're like a larger than life couple Mm-hmm. that shouldn't work in real life but on the screen where things can be tied up neatly and you can travel 10 years and you don't have to live every second yeah they work just so perfectly yeah and you don't get that in in reality very few people get back together 10 years later because people are like vastly different people whereas this can be written so perfectly that they're, they become vastly different people who are perfect for each other still. That's very true. That's crazy. That, that's like a really weird thing to think about. Which just doesn't, it can't, it, they, they couldn't happen in real life. They would have met other people. They would have met other people and their, their friends were so involved that they would have at a, at a certain, I mean, for 10 years at a certain point, somebody would have been like, look, like Monica would have put her foot down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody would have been like, look. Yeah, like, stop fucking with my brother. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. Stop fucking with my best friend. Yeah, exactly. And she probably wouldn't have had fertility issues. She would have had 10 kids. And she would have been like, I'm managing this household. The last thing I need, Rachel, is you sleeping with my brother again. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) Do you think that. So, my argument with friends a lot of the times, and like, I mean, I don't, like, fault anybody who watches Friends a lot. I think that it's, like, a great show to rewatch. It's easy. It's quick. The episodes are fast. But there's something about 
And I'm only saying this because I remember watching it when it was on TV and thinking like that this was truly like cutting edge humor. (laughs) And I will say that I do find myself mostly just like watching friends. Like when I like rewatch this, like the stories I mentioned before, like the Simpsons and like Seinfeld and stuff, I like belly laugh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When I watch friends, I enjoy myself. But I'm not like I just watched this episode five times and I, I was never like killed over. Like howling. I watch it I like I said, I don't watch it for a co- to watch a comedy show. I watch it to feel comfort. Exactly. I think that that's how most people feel about it. Yeah, which is probably why we're so we people got so invested in the in the characters, is because they are like a family. They're like wholesome. Mm-hmm. But you're more invested than like a, than finding it funny. I 100% agree with you, and I, I think just generally, if you're of a certain age, <clears throat> there's like a a cutoff of a specific age where like laugh track comedies just feel like home, like it just feels like what a sitcom still should be, even yeah. though they don't work in like a new like. Like the new Fuller House is like horrendous, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's a bad show. Like no matter what anybody wants to say, yes. but like the old Full House, because it's of the time, it just feels so comfortable to hear that laugh track. It's like yeah. to know when the beats are coming and to know when you're supposed to laugh. Like you almost don't hear it. You it literally you don't. You but really you would don't hear it now. Yeah, yeah. A young person is like jarred by it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't think I'd hear it if it was on something something new, something set now. Right. I would be like, whoa, what you like I, I would think it had like this deeper meaning behind like yeah. homage to the nineties. Yes, yeah, like some kind of like fucking tongue in cheek weird cheek. Yeah. Tongue like cheek? Yeah, tongue in cheek, like like a like a kind of like, oh, we we know we're doing like self-awareness yeah no sincerity right like if if, like the thought of having a laugh track over like i don't know like the office or something would be so weird you know yeah or parks and rec like so yeah a laugh track over like leslie nope saying stuff would be like the weirdest thing oh my god though i kind of i think if anyone deserves a laugh track it's leslie nope Uh, Parks and Rec is is one that a lot of people message me about, so like that's one that people have to look forward to. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I, I'm I'll try and think of some more just just because I think I love the I I honestly like when you said and Carrie and Big like when you were saying those things, I was like, oh yes, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. I still want you to go down internet celebrity YouTubers though. This is my okay. This is my petition to you. Okay. So like, that's, like people like Trisha, Trisha and Jason and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. that's that's the these are the celebrities of my life. You know, that's I have not done a like a true smushroom episode about anybody on YouTube, and I fucking follow Trisha and Jason. So that's a good idea. I think that I that's what that's my petition, and I'm just using the platform I've been given for this one episode. To <laughs> well, no, I would really like I would love for you to come back on and do like because you're like a, a historian as well, so I would love for you to come back on and do like a like a traditional episode with me. 
Oh, I would love that. That would be so exciting. Okay. All right. Well, like, we'll, you know, we'll sit on it and like, think about who you want to talk about. You won't have to like decide. Let it marinate. Yeah. Let it marinate. Like things could happen in the press. You never know. Oh, okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. Well, this was super fun. Thank you so much. Oh my God. You were the the perfect first guest to do this. Oh, yay. Thank you. We did it. We did it. I know. (laughs) <laughs> I think we kind of killed it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I'm so. Oh, and so do you think you're gonna do more more fictional characters as you're like in between weeks? Yeah, I'm gonna do these. Um, because this is easy and like the normal episodes, as I'm sure you are fully know, like how much work goes into researching yeah. and like it's just with like a full time job, like it's just like I was like ready to pluck my little tiny hairs. Out I'm of my not skull. surprised. So, I do think because you definitely the research that you put in it's so clear how much research goes into your episodes. So it's a lot. Hats off to you. Thank you. So yeah, these are just easy and fun, and it's something that I can do to like give content still, but like it's fun and it's yeah. like not it won't make me rip my hair out. So yes, that's what we want. Please, yes. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's keep the, I'm already almost bald. So let's really keep what I have intact. intact. Yeah. You, you, you want it, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell people where they can find you on the internet and your podcast and stuff. Um, so they can find, uh, it's history bitch on all places where you find podcasts. Um, and I'm, on and we're on instagram at bitch it's history and then i'm on instagram as at hungry graduate because i had just graduated when i (laughs) (laughs) and i was hungry i love that i love a pure a pure heart that's a very yeah (laughs) well thank you so much i can't wait to have you back on this is so fun All right, well, I guess I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to The Smush Room, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Please make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps your boy. Also, make sure to head over to patreon.com slash evpsychos for more information on this show and other Patreon-exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McEady. That's T-R-O-Y. M-C-E-A-D-Y. You can also follow this podcast at EBP underscore Smushroom. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.